When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope everyone is having a great week. We are here already almost through this January. Hard to believe. Hope everyone has started the year strong. And again, if uh, you have any questions to any of your goals, whether if you are an individual or an organization of any size, feel free to reach out to us here at Sustainable Success at chris at sustainablesuccess.net or chris at christophersalem.com. If you are new to the show, you found us here at the Voice America Business Channel. You could also find us on Apple and Spotify, as well as our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. There we've had many of our great guests sharing their words of wisdom and insights to take your business and success to the next level. If you'd like to hear any new content for future shows, feel free to reach out to us at chris at christophersalem.com, and we'd be more than happy to take information to accommodate for a future show. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bring an alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to either rekindle old relationships or meet new people for the first time. This is a membership program, meaning it takes all the noise out of social media, allowing you to come in and to generate genuine and authentic relationships and sharing content that is of interest to you on your time. And not to mention, they offer a wide array of different services that are not available to the general public as a member. So if you'd like some more information, feel free to reach out to alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show today. There's been a lot of buzz already uh, due to the promotion of the show ahead of time. We're going to be talking about finding ROI, return on investment in emotional service intelligence. Yes, you're going to be finding about what that means. And we're going to be uh, talking with someone that I know personally and has become a, a, a friend and in someone who is the most genuine, one of the most genuine persons I've met. His name is Dean Fisher. And before I introduce you to Dean, I'd like to give you a little background. He's an accomplished certified meeting professional, CMP as the acronym, with a wealth of experience spanning over three decades in the five diamond events industry of Las Vegas. As a meeting broker at Meetings Made Easy, he is leveraging his executive hotel experience to give his clients insightful advantages in contract negotiations and developing synergy relationships with hospitality partners. His extensive knowledge of property sales and large event operations enables him to navigate the complexities of site selection throughout the world with ease. Alongside supporting his clients' meetings and event strategy, Dean is an avid traveler and loves to golf with his family. He's also passionate about speaking, which you'll find out here on personal growth development aimed at enhancing his industry's collective strength. And without further ado, we welcome Dean Fisher to the show. Dean, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, I'm excited, my friend. This is going to be an amazing discussion. I can't wait. Last week just kind of kicked it off for the year for me, and it's, I've been on fire ever since. Well, we're looking forward to you know, learning more. So, you know, before we dive into finding ROI in emotional service intelligence, let's talk a little bit about what, you know, what emotional intelligence is itself. I mean, some people here might have already know what it means. Everyone will have a different perspective, but 
we always like to kind of lay the foundation, what that is, so we can start to build above that, you know, uh, how we can utilize it and all the things that can lead us to generating ROI or in our businesses, our lives, whatever that may be. Absolutely. You know, it's it's really kind of a, a, a conversation of a path that I was introduced to probably 10, 15, 20 years ago. I was in sales roles in my life and realized very quickly that we all relate to each other in sales aspects and how we present ourselves on a daily basis, how we interact with our audiences, with our businesses and with our family. And that, that connotation of sales to me has a, a value of basically trying to fit yourself into a situation to reciprocate and get something out of the equation, however you're looking at it. And it has a very self or, or uh, ego-minded base uh, focus. And for me, for a lot of years, it was successful. You can, you can use it if you take the steps and you understand how people react to situations. But really for me, the journey started when I left my corporate world and got into uh, becoming an entrepreneur myself and really just getting into the life that I always wanted to be back to after raising a family. And it dawned on me in the beginning, I was following the same steps. I was creating numbers to, uh, to identify where my progress was and how I was relating to my business. And it didn't include my family. And yeah. it was very, it was very just tunnel vision. It worked for a while, but as it started to evolve and I built relationships, it started to dawn on me that it had really nothing to do with the interaction in the individual at that specific moment. It had to do with me investing myself into this relationship from a standpoint of service. And that's when I really started to realize that I was focused the wrong way. I was building a business instead of embracing a community. And that's where this comes from. Emotional service intelligence to me is understanding that we're involved emotionally in the surroundings of our environment by energy, by relationships, by some unknown forces. And if we embrace that and we really invest ourselves into learning from it and not our external uh, indicators or people around us, you're going to find within you, you start to develop this baseline of understanding that you're part of an equation that's bigger than you and then all of a sudden things flip from sales to service and you start to invest yourself into your life your family your kids whatever the aspects are that you're that you're involved in it's no longer you trying to get something out of the equation but for you to just fit into the equation and fill a gap of need yeah yeah i love i love what you just shared and and it's so so important. And so when it comes to emotional in, intelligence, and I and then we're going to integrate this into what you know you want to talk about ROI. Dean, what you know from your personal experience? I know for me it was a journey. Like you know, I didn't. If you would have told me what emotional intelligence was, you know, you know, over twenty five years ago, I would have been like, what? What's that? <laughs> I yeah. I you know I I my emotions were in control of me. At least that that's what I thought. You know, because I would always be angry and and react from the ang from anger. But share with me, like, you know, a little bit about, you know, your journey with emotion, like how you were able to know that you can control your emotions. And once you're able to kind of understand that, how now that can play in when you're communicating with other people or dealing with other people, how that can work to your advantage, you know, in, yeah. in that area. I will. Uh, and this kind of starts to fold into the conversation that, you know, we're going to have today is that the strongest indicator for me 
that I was not in the right alignment was probably my first year of my entrepreneurship recently in, in travel. I had preconceptions of what I expected things to be where I arrived. And I was frustrated with the circumstances that I was in, whether it was getting from the airport there or the hotel's ability to satisfy the equation or whatever else was going on around me. I didn't see as an experience that I was investing into my future. I saw it as an equation I was in at the moment. But that experience really opened my eyes when I came back and started studying how I had adjusted around home just from the pure examples that I saw in front of me. And when I traveled, say, for example, to uh, the Caribbean islands, there are so many culture sets in the Caribbean islands that don't relate to each other from island to island. You would assume they do because people tend to look similar to each other, but they don't. And that reality really opened my eyes up to that. I was living a life at home that I had preconceived from what I considered what the outcome should be, rather than allowing around me to circumvent that and show me that my relationships with people every day were actually what were starting to perpetuate the lifestyle that I was living in. And the money really came from alternate sources. It started coming from referral scenarios or outside of my ability to connect directly with it. And it started to dawn on me at that moment that I needed to embrace this idea of investing myself into learning wherever I was and that I didn't have an idea. I'd spent 50 plus years living a life that I thought I was in control of. And then it dawned on me, I'm not. I really need to start to learn a little bit more about how and what. And the first step for me was fear. Yeah. A lot, a lot of these reasons I felt uncomfortable is I was afraid. I was afraid because I didn't understand what I was involved in. I was afraid because I hadn't embraced certain attributes of how life works and the fact that things are uncomfortable. And when you become comfortable with being uncomfortable, you start to find these elements around you that start to really reflect on your journey and give you these motivations around you just by the idea of conversation and realizing that you invested yourself into this equation to a point where it generated an energy that translated back into another equation. And that to me is where it starts to get a little loose and what we're talking about until we start to talk about examples of how and why these things occurred to me over the next few years. Wow. Powerful. I love it. And I just want to know, listeners, if you can relate to what, what Dean is sharing. I mean, I can relate because I know, you know, you know, emotional intelligence is a process and a journey for sure. And something that, you know, we, we have our own unique experiences, but, you know, share a lot of similar you know, you know, a lot of similarities in that experience, I should say, but not nonetheless, it's still unique, unique to you. So, Dean, how how do you look at it like emotional intelligence, how valuable it's been since you've done this personally and how it's worked in your business? Like, how do you see it, like how it's really made a difference in you either addressing problems or, you know, dealing with people or, you know, becoming more innovative, more creative, whatever that may be? Absolutely. I, I think... You know, the baseline answer to your question is that I take accountability for all the actions around me and understand that I'm part of an equation that is bigger than I can actually steer. I find it around four uh, pillars of, of conversation. First is understanding and releasing fear and finding trust in your circumstances around you. The second is embracing human nature. The fact that there are certain things that are going to happen in life because of reaction and action, and you can't change the fact. So instead of trying to embrace it, 
expanding your personal perspective. You know, Eric, experiential change is something that's really become a valuable momentum in my life, is putting myself in situations that I'm not really controlling and try and be a part of the outcomes of the moments that I'm in. And I tell you, experiential change really starts to get you to invest into your circumstances rather than needing outcome to prove to you that you're doing a great job. And the last, what it really kind of drew me to was the idea of investing in collaboration, realizing the value of referral energy and understanding, you know, the practical nature of investing into your, your, your place in this equation as offering value rather than asking for something, you're going to find that the relationships around you start to open up because you've embraced these things and you're aware of them. You can't change the fact that you feel certain ways about things, but you can become aware that you do. And then I say there's strategies from there that you can put yourself into to exercise out through that change. And that's when I get back to the idea of using travel as that part of the equation. Mm -hmm. Wow. Love it. Love it. And listeners, if you know, again, you're going to have an opportunity later, you know, when when Dean does provide his contact information, a way to reach out as well. And if you have any questions, uh, feel free to let us know. Let Dean know directly once he provides his contact. Or you can uh, contact us here at Sustainable Success, and we'll make sure that information gets to Dean. So, Dean, let's take a look at, like, you know, if if I'm a, you know, an, you know a business professional, I'm a, even a business, and, and now I, we've got awareness about emotional intelligence, and we got to be, we got to be to become it ourselves because we can't just implement something that we're not doing ourselves because otherwise now it's just very superficial. But what, what would you recommend like this process be? And then ways that when at, at the individual and even as a team level, you know, I'm again, organizations are, you know, dependent upon size can be very difficult to do this across the board over a certain period of time, but not to say that it can't, but what would you recommend they do to get started that they could start making these improvements to start moving, in this case, their business forward or anything meaningful they're looking to accomplish? Yeah, let's take the first you know, practical action step. When my wife and I travel, essentially, we pick a time frame that we can be away from our home base, home, whatever it is. And we, we pick our flight in and our flight out of the circumstance, but we don't choose anything in between. Yep. So we know we're going to arrive at a destination and we're going to depart from a destination. And we have 16 days to be in Europe. And we know we want to see these three regions. We're not quite sure how many time, how much time we're going to spend in one region versus another. We don't really understand the transportation method, whether we're going to take a plane or a train. And we use our conversations with the people we're around in these regions to make our determination. And so this is my this is kind of one of those those action steps you can place into your life into trusting into this momentum I'm talking about that's around us that we really can't define, but that is a part of the perpetual motion of our lives. And so what type of fear would you go through if you're an organized person and you're running a team and I told you, okay, this year you're going to go on vacation for your two weeks. Let's send you to a destination that's going to teach you more about the culture of the people you're trying to sell to and go to their home. Their, their regions themselves. And you can't do any more than just buy the tickets there and home. How uncomfortable do you think that person's gonna feel about making that decision? Yeah, It's gonna, yeah. It's gonna approach the first step in this theory of fear, because if that already tells you no, stop, then you know you're not open 
that you're not really embracing this idea that life will take care of you. And I'll share a little story. We were in Amsterdam. This is an amazing afternoon. We're having some coffee, and we met this friend of mine. His name's Mimo. And Mimo runs this coffee shop, and he's got action steps in his life, and we're all talking. And my wife mentioned, hey, we're going to travel from Paris to Barcelona in the next few days, and we're going to take a flight. And Mimo says, oh, no, you don't want to take a flight. You know, you want to take a train. And I said, Mimo, the train's six hours. The flight's an hour and a half. He said, you'll see. You know, by the time I got there, Mimo was right. It was seven hours door to door on the flight. Because what I didn't understand is in Europe, regional flights do not load and unload the way we do in domestically in America. They're not as efficient. They're group loadings and group unloadings. And that takes a long time. Now, not to mention the fact that most airports are not located in city centers in Europe, but train stations are. So you're literally next to the train station at your hotel, but you have to drive an hour to the airport in the region to get into a flight. So the funny part of this equation, an experiential understanding like this, is how would I have ever known this if I hadn't put myself in the circumstances to ask Mimo this question? And if I had planned it already, that opportunity would never have come to light. And so that's really a real hard action step if you want to invest yourself into maximizing the time in your life. Do your life the way you do it all year long. But when you have that opportunity to go out and create an adventure for yourself, make it experiential so that you can start to break through some of these steps we're talking about. Wow, powerful. And I know, we, you know we're going to dive into some more little things here when we come back after break. We got to go to break here. But when we come back, we're going to be diving more into the ROI uh, through emotional intelligence from a service perspective. And again, if you're just joining us, we highly encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety. A lot of golden nuggets shared here uh, through uh, through Dean. So Dean, I, it's great information here. Fabulous. So again, before we go to break, and just to remind everybody, again, uh, you can find us here at the Voice America Business Channel. Again, we had moved over from the Influencer Channel back in April. So for any people that might have missed that, Again, and you were looking for us on the Influencer Channel, we are now on the Business Channel. And we'll be right back after the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, -on -one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are 
listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome, everybody. If you're just joining us here, we're talking about finding ROI and emotional service intelligence. We're here with uh, Dean Fisher. Again, we highly encourage you, to, if you are just joining us, to listen to this show in its entirety here later today at the Voice America Business Channel. A lot of great golden nuggets. So, Dean, you you know, you know talked a little bit about what emotional uh, intelligence is, a little bit from your your experience, and you were, you were starting to get into the pillars of of what this is. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about these pillars? And again, because I always find that like, you know, we talk about the foundation and now we, we want to know how these things build on each other to get us to where we desire to go. Absolutely. You know, this this next pillar, embracing human nature, was probably the biggest step of me becoming a meeting broker versus working back in the corporate industry when I was in Las Vegas for 30 years. You know, on the corporate side, there's certain expectations because you're the boss and you're controlling the events themselves. And when you get out on the other side of the coin and you're out there as a resource and you're trying to help clients and, and educate, you got to realize you're not first priority in their life anymore. You know, a lot of times I don't get busy until late day Tuesday because I know my client's nature is they're going to catch up on all their early week business and for me not to become offended by that, I adjust to it and I just fill my time differently, but I have adjusted to realizing that human nature isn't going to change just because I want it to. It's going to be what it is. When you're embracing a sales call, a lot of times you're going to find that the nature of the call is going to be resistant. And how do you find ways of, of getting through the call? You embrace the nature of the individual on the call. You let them tell their story. People love to speak about their story. And along the story, interject some nuggets, you know, give them a little bit of knowledge about who you are and where you came from, but get them back to their story. Because when you're really focused on their nature, you're once again investing into the idea of the self rather than the sales. And, you know, going to uh, Europe this last uh, Christmas for my wife and I, we're, you know, our kids are in their 30s and we have a grandkid coming soon, a granddaughter. I mean, we're so excited for Parker. This was one of these last, you know, Christmas, you know, holiday seasons that we could take off for 16 days and do a grid walls vacation between the two of us. But you know, there's things when you get out there that even though you expect it, because we've been to Europe before, they change the second time you go. You know, I love the joke. When you're in Europe, everybody's doing the same thing you are. They're eating, they're sleeping, and they're working. You're the one on vacation, so stay out of their way. Don't expect yeah. them to look at you like you're the best time of your life. Yeah. I got to Amsterdam, and there are these bikes zipping all around you. And if you step in the wrong colored path, you're going to get hit by a vehicle that's not doesn't have a motor at literally fast speeds and can hurt you. And so when we first got to Amsterdam, they're zipping around you. And your first instinct is like defensive. But then you realize you're in their environment. You're on the wrong path. You know, you yeah. got to realize the yellow brick road is not your road. You got to get next to it and stop using this instinctive defense that this isn't like where you come from. Again, we're getting back to experiential learning. You can't help but to go through these exercises when you put them in. Wow, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I and I know about. I can tell. When think about Europe. I know Amsterdam and even France and Germany. A lot of bikers. Maybe not so much in the winter, obviously, but but definitely, you know, yeah. when it's the temperatures are decent. Oh my God, that's it. Those it's cities crazy, are designed for that. 
Yeah, I look at uh, I look at the travel from Amsterdam to Barcelona. It's very similar, and with no disrespect, all the love of my heart is traveling from, say, uh, Seattle, Washington to San Diego. Yeah, it's about the same time and space. And if you look at how we are in the states and those areas and regions, you know, people are wearing shorts in San Diego and they're wearing winter gear up in uh, Seattle, and it's kind of the same idea when you go into Europe. It doesn't your perspective starts to lay in where you start to realize, oh, this isn't really that different. It looks different because essentially Europe is six times older than we are, if not farther. And we're a little young in this country to realize that we understand this. And so when you start to put yourself into these equations, it really gets into the next pillar of expanding personal perspective. You know, you realize that it's you that's that's the equation that's different in their life. And when you're around a different language, you have to rely on how body language works and how people respond to things to be instinctive, to realize, am I talking to somebody I can trust? Am I talking to somebody who's taking advantage of me? You know, I'll tell you a story that was really interesting to me um, because we took it the wrong way when we were there. It was Christmas Day and we went to an Irish pub and we assumed everybody in the world would be excited because it was Christmas Day, but we misinterpreted the fact that this Authentic, true Irishman, young gentleman, and his partner, who were just talking back and forth and seemed like the nicest guys ever, would respond in a conversation with us. And let's just say the conversation didn't go so well. They weren't really that impressed with us being there. And we took offense to it. But the things they'd given us in advice was only taking offense to you because I didn't understand everything they were saying as fast as they were saying it because they were speaking Very in good. Irish with a lot of accent. And so I felt defensive about it. I felt like, oh, my gosh, is he saying something I should be offended by? But he wasn't until later I looked at it. I had to expand my perspective and realize, look, Dean, first off, you're there on your holidays. He's working on a holiday. He's not from Amsterdam. He's from Ireland. You've just you know, basically imposed yourself in his whole nature and culture by saying you have Irish in you. And because he didn't respond like you're a brother from the nation, you're obviously offended. I mean, where does yeah. this come from? Again. The experiential understanding there when I got back and reflected on it was, holy smokes, my wife and I had to have a talk. I said, he wasn't being rude. We just interpreted it that way because it wasn't fitting within our framework. Well, yeah, this- you're, you're exactly right. Like, like, you know, in that case, we could, people have a tendency to react to what they think it should, sh- what they think it should be, right? They, you, you could have taken it as they're being rude. Instead of responding to what is and going, okay, even if I were being offended or not, not saying it's easy to do, but I can now either put up a boundary and say, hey, that doesn't look like that, you know, we, you know, this is, we're going to have a conversation here. So uh, nice meeting you and, and, you know, and you move on, you know, you know, it's yeah. knowing where we can respond versus react with through emotional intelligence, because who knows what what's going on with that individual. Maybe you he, don't, maybe he's drunk, maybe he's gone through a difficult time in his life and but then again it maybe not that's just who he is and and it he wasn't being sarcastic like we thought it's always comes exactly. down to those perceptions like you said well when you're um when you're in a sales situation and you're interacting and trying to come from a service perspective you're going to find that there's going to be things in the conversation that could throw you off especially if you're getting into sales and you're new at it you're going to be offended if it doesn't quite fit that's kind of the conversation Chris and I are having right now. Is like these are the things to learn through. When I was teaching teams on the big on in my corporate years, I used to help them understand why the big bosses wouldn't be available for us all the time. And I would say, look, you've got 
what, 10 tasks a day that you have to accomplish. I have 50 in my world. My boss has 100 and the president has 1,000. So how do you expect somebody that's got 1,000 tasks a day to relate to you the same way that somebody has 10 tasks a day? Yeah. And if you can really take yourself outside of the box and not be so from your perspective and take into consideration these pillars, we're going to get into this last this last pillar of investing in collaboration, understanding that referral energy is really the status of your career and where you're going to go. It's your reputation. It's, it's who you are in branding. And that's a, a big step because how you present yourself and you invest into the collaboration of the industry or whatever you're involved in is really going to be the mirror that reflects out. And this is why I'm, I'm sharing time doing podcasts. I'll be on the stage this year a little bit sharing these, these thoughts and these, uh, these considerations because when I was invested into my other career, there was a time to teach and there was time to learn. And I feel like there's a responsibility in this scenario to share in real time action steps that people can use. And I'm not asking you to go read a book. I'm telling you to go on a vacation. This is kind of a really cool conversation. And when you invest in the collaboration of that vacation, and when you realize my stories about Mimo and the bartender and all these things, these really were referral energy. This was a collaboration of how to get from here to there. And when I came back from Europe, I came back with contacts and friends that with future business have eyes and ears out for me that I can I can really take advantage of now. So when I went on vacation, quote unquote, it was a business trip that we really enjoyed. And if you experience your life that way, wherever you are, and you invest yourself into why you're in these circumstances, now you're really getting into this reality of what emotional intelligence is. You're invested from the inside out, not the outside in. Well, I love what you just said, because when you think about it, everything is from the inside out. We can't, we can't control outside circumstances or situations. We can't control other people, but we can control ourselves. And, yeah. and you just nailed it in like in how, we, how we focus our energy and what we can control can oftentimes, if we trust the process, could have more of a positive than a negative impact on on the outside of what we can't control. So I, I, I love yes, what you shared there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, so, so true. So now I guess if we want to get into like, you know, ROI, you know, ROI can mean different things for different people, whether yeah. it's business, whether it's personal success or personal well-being, anything, whatever that may be. Let's talk about that and how we can, you know, how do we use it to measure to see what's working, what's not, what can be changed, what can be what can we, where can we adapt or what can, how can we improve by measuring that? Yes, absolutely. You know, this, and, and again, in the spirit of conversation of growth and learning, you know, my first three years out on, on this side of the, of the uh, coin being the meeting broker and, and sourcing and contracting for my clients, I realized that, um, you know, I lost my track, my, my sense of thought right there. So yeah, say it one okay. more time. That's all right. That's crazy. It's never happened to me. No, no, don't worry about it. Just go with whatever you want to chat. Chat whatever you want. You know, you're. you're no, what was the question? Here. What was the question you used? Oh, your yeah, ROI. That's right. On the ROI, like how yeah, you want to. Absolutely. How do we track ROI yeah. with the I'm back in it, brother. Yeah. Yep, I'm back in it. That was my ADD kicking in there, or maybe some of no, my dyslexia. That's all right. I, I've been there. So, believe me. <laughs> yeah. So when I went through the process of, of of relating back to these pillars, I said to myself, "Well, what's the ROI, Dean? I mean, how do you?" How do you discuss where maybe there's a value in investing your time and, and effort into it? Well, the first, I've kind of described that in the idea of your personal 
relationships. You know, maybe the adventure itself is the ROI for your for your mate or whoever you're traveling with. Maybe the ROI is just the fact that you're in an experience that you're embracing fear and you never have. But let's start with the idea of a holistic understanding. When I first, like I said, got into this business, I based everything on numbers. So I had certain revenues every year that I felt were necessary for me to show that there was value and growth. But let's flip that around, because if you're just focused on the idea of that money every year, you're just going to set another goal about money the following year. And nothing around you really is improving. So I say, let's start from the equation of a quality of life and a lifestyle versus quantity of life and what you have to achieve. Realize, you know, seeing ROI, sometimes you have to really step back. And one of my biggest dreams when I was in the corporate world was to see the world to be involved in the industry that I'm in, in the world and be an impact. And for some reason, 20 years ago, when I was raising kids, I thought I needed a big pile of money to do this. I'll tell you what, it's a lifestyle. I was paid to go on these trips because my client was booking an event in Barcelona on that trip as well. Oh yeah. And that, you know, there's offsets to this, my friends, because I'm a 1099 contractor. Where my, my wife's part of my company. And so I'm able to actually use this travel as a part of my business revenue and enjoy the ROI from that. So you're looking for an ROI on how to go on a vacation. You know, you can become an independent contractor. You can work through these things if they're yeah. part of the relationship of, of who you are. But let's just look from the quality aspect of the ROI. Now, all of a sudden, you're with your family and you're not manipulating your spouse into going to dinner in the place you want to go to because you're invested into maybe why they want to eat where they're going to go. And you're open to the experience because... Heck, why not? I don't need to be so controlling in this circumstance. And you start to become comfortable with this. And let's say that the next sales call or service call that you're on, you find yourself listening to the other side for 20 minutes before you say a word and you realize they have fallen in love with you because you're just listening. You're seeing ROI on this investment. That's where the ROI starts to come in. Now, let's talk hard dollars. There's always a reason for education in a class setting. Always. And I'm not taking that away from any circumstance in a corporate America. But let's say you want to take your executive leadership team and you want them to go to the next step. I love telling this story. If I, In corporate worlds, if my executive leadership team said, hey, Dino, what's your biggest weakness that you're afraid of us from? I say I'm dyslexic. And once in a while, when I get all hyped up, things kind of get off offline and my true value of uh, being creative starts to fall off by me being conscious of what I'm saying. And they would be like, oh, let it go. We get it. You know, be you instead of it being, why did he just say it like that? And let's say you had 10 executives that you took on this trip and you said, all right, guys, I'm going to buy you a ticket there and a ticket home. And we're going to get from this place to that place. But I'm not going to be with you. I'll meet you when you get there. And you five are going to travel together and you five are going to travel together. And we're all going to meet in the middle in a different country. And you're going to have to figure out how to get there. Here's your budget. Can't use your phones if you want to go extreme, however you want to see it. How do you weigh that ROI of that experience of those two 10 individuals together on that five days adventure versus the idea of a structured learning session where you're asking them to take something home from a camping trip or being out in, you know, a ski village where you went out one night and you were talking, you know, and I think it fits into kind of laser tag thought processes when you really get down to it. But at the end of the day, you're investing emotionally into these individuals. And we all know when you travel you come back home best friends most of the time, that these things really sit yeah. with you. So I think there's a there's a financial ROI that can be found in there as well in the right settings for team members, for individuals. If you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get off the ground and you're sitting at home 
paying for workshops and information from other people all around you telling you how to do it, take in consideration that's not an experiential experience. That's not, you're not experiencing anything through that. You're learning from their growth. If you really want to learn about yourself, go travel to a destination that makes you feel really uncomfortable and figure out how to get around in it. You're going to learn a lot of these attributes they're trying to teach you. That's so true. So great, great share there and what you did there. Now, I know we have a couple minutes to the next break. Anything else that you want to elaborate on what you were just shared that really, you know, really, you know, really, you know, enhance what you've shared about ROI and how we can utilize it to, to, you know, measure, adapt and grow through emotional intelligence? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest uh, lesson step I took in my life was about five years ago. I created a daily baseline of a wellness uh, step for me in the morning before I got involved in my activities. And I use meditation. You can use a lot of different things. My wife likes to walk without earphones for an hour outside and just get in the wilderness. But the truth is, if you give yourself a little time every day and be kind to yourself, it's the only time you're going to do it. And that's where you really start to connect into this energy of who you are and where you're going. I'm reading this great book right now called The War of Art. If anybody wants to look at it. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Really cool read. It's like two hours. But it brings into the idea that, you know, if we respect what we're actually talking about as far as this flow of energy and how it connects, then how do you work into that and find the best advantages into it? It's kind of like cheat codes and the idea of a video game. I mean, if this was to create a better outcome every day and you could see the ROI over three years and I'm a living testament to the, how this works. I can't, I can't pay your bills tomorrow by putting this into place, but let's say you practice it every day for three years. I guarantee you're going to be in a different lifestyle. Your oh, life absolutely. will be different. Absolutely. Well, I know, I know we got to, we got to head to break here, but uh, you know, just great information here again. We hope people are taking notes again, valuable insights. We encourage you to listen to this not only to this segment, but the entire show in length. Again, a lot of times you might hear something, but hear something differently or didn't hear the first time that really can resonate where you are and help move you to the next level. Uh, we got to go to break, but we got more to come with Dean Fisher, and we'll be right back after the break. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, -on -one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're talking about finding ROI and emotional service intelligence. We're here with Dean Fisher. Again, we highly encourage everyone to listen to the show in its entirety. Uh, today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, opportunities to meet new people, rekindle old relationships, and again, is a membership program. In addition, they also have a athletes uh, section where former professional athletes that are transitioning to everyday life into other careers or entrepreneurship, you have an opportunity now to get together and talk and share and help each other through that transition. It's called Athletes to Entrepreneur. Feel free to check that out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. So Dean, you have, you've shared such, such great insights on, on emotional intelligence, how it applies to everyday life and business and how it can really help elevate everything that we're doing in terms of creation, innovation, our return on investment, increasing revenue, profit, and so on. But, you know, I know you, you know, in the profession you're in, you, you know, you're, you love to travel. You've done a lot of travel. Let's hear some more stories. Cause you know, it, you know, cause when it comes to emotional intelligence, that's when that comes out, when we can have great experiences, especially memorable moments. Yeah, I tell you, man. There's there's some stuff out there that you run into. I tell you, one of the the best uh, experiential moments of the trip was when we were in Barcelona. We went to one of the uh, I'll call it a football game, but it was really like soccer to us. And we had no idea on the travels that day when we were visiting these areas that that was where the field was. And there were these escalators going up and down and up and down. And we thought, oh, how how nice they are for travel guests that they don't have to walk up and down stairs. Well, it turns out when you go to a game, you have to take a, a tunnel a train to this area. And when you pop out, there are 100,000 people in the street walking up these stairways up this top Mount Olympus type hill. And that's where the sports arena is. And so you go up these escalators and when you get to the top of the view of Barcelona from that field, you start to experience something different. They created their sports environment in an area that you have to walk and achieve to. And this brings such different feelings when you get there and you're around everybody else in the, in the area. And they chant at these games and song and things like that. When you go to American pro games, they're totally different atmospheres. And so we really felt like the communities were really interesting, you know? One of the things that took me back when we were in Paris this time is that we went, we went on the, the catacombs if anybody ever goes to Paris, be careful if you go on the catacomb tour because it's not like we experience in America. Normally, if you went to a Wild West town or something in America, there would be a skeleton in a case that you would see. Well, in Paris, it's not that way. They use real bones in these catacombs, and you're walking for mile, a couple miles underground, maybe a mile, and the experience is like 40 minutes, and I was surrounded by millions of human bones. I mean, it was one of these things that you, you just can't wrap your head around until you're in it, but you realize 
to Parisians, this is a really cool thing. And I liked it. I enjoyed it. But my wife started getting freaked out and a little goofy about it. And you start to see how, you know, different, there's a different relationship to the idea of even how humans, you know, expire and move on in their culture versus the way we see it. And, you know, I'll tell this joke because, or this way to see it, because it was really funny to us. We're being very reverent about the experience. And we get to the end of the hall and there's this light shining. So we kind of gravitate down that little corridor. And there's two men stacking bones and they're speaking to each other in French. And the one guy's got a big bone in his hand, the other one's, and the other one shakes his head and he uses a word that sounds like femur. And the gentleman turns around and he flicks the bone into a blue bin and he reaches over and grabs another bone out of the other bin that's a little smaller and he puts it in place. And then it dawns on me, they have been artistically recreating these tunnels over and over and over again with backstock. And so these bones, they're not props. They're real human remains. And it's the, it's, you start to wrap your head around the idea of how this experience and you related to it, just mind-blowing. We walked out, got into the street, and we were six blocks away from where we started, completely lost. Wow. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, yeah. And here's another big tip. If you're ever going to Jim Morrison's grave in Paris, I did. Um, there is a big board on the exit of the uh, cemetery that shows the plot, but not on the entrance. So we walked around the whole place for hours asking people until we finally found it. And on the way out, the directions were very clear. You could find it. So start there if you ever go to see him, his grave. Um, that, again, is, a, is one of those steps in the idea of how you perceive things. So for, as an American standpoint, being a Doors fan, I always thought the grave would be immense and it would be very ornate and decorated. It, it's not. It's very modest and very, it's very small. modest. A lot of times, yeah, it's like that. It's not all built up and hyped up like you think it would be. No, it's really interesting. And, you you know, your brain wraps around the idea of how we see our culture as finding value and importance in, in those things. And yet, again, when you're in Europe, there is a sense you're talking to ages of uh of knowledge when you when you're in the environments you know there's there's wisdom coming out and it's almost like a grandparent when you say things the wrong way they kind of look at you with this look like one day you'll learn you'll understand and so <laughs> you know being fully invested into my own growth i i really think you know those adventures and those stories they really you know kind of take the glue of all this for me and they remind me to constantly look at how i'm presenting myself to my clients, to my hotel representatives, and where we are in this equation together, and just realizing transparency, honesty, and the ability to grow from a truth and perspective that's now, and we can share now, hey, next year, it might be a whole new thing that I'm talking about. But right now, this is a good, fun topic to, to share with everyone. Well, wow. Love it. Love it. Great, great information. And, and, you know, one of the things I find that, like, with emotional intelligence, is I I wasn't afraid to share, you know, more like, uh, you know, not only about, you know, things I, you know, did well, but, you know, things I didn't, you know, I, it was okay to, to be, you know, not that I had to air my dirty laundry, but, but, you know, to be who I was. And just to, I, it, like you said, when you travel, you just appreciate so many more things for what it is and, you know, not what you think. Just like how you said, you looked at uh, Jim Morrison's grave, you know, if you had gone off your expectations, you thought it would have been all like more than it really was. Oh, but it was just a regular tombstone like everybody else, you know, the, on average that 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 has passed away. 
I'll yeah. tell you one of uh, one of the things that I've really grown from from embracing this idea and ROI was accepting my dyslexia in life. And for years, I had seen it as as something that was a, a defect or an off. But you know, I'll tell all my dyslexic friends out there: Google dyslexia. The first thing it's going to say is a learning disability. But then Google the advantages of dyslexia, and you're going to find 15 things that make you look like an absolute superhero. So I've come out of it with a reality that, you know, I've learned about myself and embraced this part of me and holistically involving it now, like you said, rather than keeping it out of the equation. And, and that, that really becomes the biggest lesson is that, you know, I learned it from a few books I read back in the day. One of them is really cool. It's called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And it teaches you that as humans, we really hide almost half of our nature because we don't like it and how it reflects back to us from other people. But when we really embrace that those are the qualities that make us truly who we are, maybe it's a little goofy, maybe, hey, once in a while, you're a bit of a butt, you know, you got to take care of business. But my clients sure appreciate that when I'm negotiating contracts. So, you know, it all comes in together. And for you to kind of fly out the handle a little bit in nature and, and you know, react to a situation is, is totally natural in your own human nature. And be kind to yourself. Realize that these are the things that really make you you. And if you're not embracing them in yourself, you know, we've talked a lot of day today about embracing it as a perspective. But like, flip it back into yourself. Realize, are you addressing the fears in your life? Have you really spoken to yourself about are you going to stop doing these things and take steps? Are you embracing in your own human nature and how you relate to everybody else? Have you expanded, you know, a personal perspective that allows you to be kind to yourself and that you've put other steps into your life that weren't before? You know, are you investing in collaborating with yourself about these things? I mean, are you, do you oh, realize no that about it. you're yeah, connected like you said, to you, around you? Yeah, you, I mean, if you're going to be a value or, uh, or a, a, a value to someone, it, you know, you have to be the example of that, you know, you, and you got to be resourceful. So you got to fill your cup before you can spill onto others, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. So there's wow. both there's both sides of this equation. There's a, a self-accountability and then there's a, a realism of how the equation comes together. You know, it's 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 not a it's not a, an easy process, but I find it as an individual's process. And that's where I think, you know, again, we're gonna get back to this point where people have to face this in themselves. You really can't buy the equation from somebody else. That's their equation. You can only buy the support of, of the equation into your life and then use that equation to start to create change and embrace change and make a clear decision that you're going to choose to do something. That's, you know, ultimately inside of you, that's the trigger is choice. When you choose to do something and put yourself in a spot where you're uncomfortable, you're going to realize being uncomfortable, being comfortable, being uncomfortable is probably the best place of life you can be in. All the magic happens there. If you're so comfortable, you're controlling all the avenues and where you're going with this. There's no way you're allowing life to be a part of the equation. You're literally pigeonholed this process. And I saw it years ago like a yeah. like a staircase I was trying to climb. And now yeah. I see it more like rings in a tree. You're always in the right place at the right time in your life. Just start to embrace that part. No, so true. So true. Man, this has just been powerful information you've shared. We, I could go on for another hour easily talking about this with you. And definitely we're going to have you back for another show that we can expand here or in another similar topic. You know, I want to make sure that, that the listeners and those listening later get to know you better. What is the best way they could reach out to get to know you, what you're up to, maybe if you, what you're doing 
next speaking or if you're going to be in and around at, a, at an event and anything you'd like to provide them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I'm open to talk to anybody and help and coach. Um, I always say when I put my post out on LinkedIn, let's figure it out together. This is really about me filling gaps. And so my clients really enjoy the fact that I have a network of friends that can find solutions, whether it's a keynote speaker, a DMC, travel. Obviously, my forte is finding site selection and, and contracting for my clients. And that really gives them that advantage on their ROI and bottom line that somebody's looking through it with 30 years of experience and realizes where the outcome is going to be. So Offering that comfort blanket, the easiest way to get a hold of me is through LinkedIn. I usually post every day in LinkedIn on, on where the activities that I'm going to be and where I'm going to go. You can also reach me at my email address very easily at dfisher at meetings made easy, which is actually, sorry, dfisher at meetingsme.com. And if you're in uh, Nashville on February 29th, I'm actually hosting an event uh, for a hockey game that night, reach out to me. I'll definitely have a few tickets left. I'd love to invite you to well, that. If I were there, I'd take you up on it. I'd be there. But yeah. I actually, I'm going to be in your, in your former backyard there, or well, in Vegas, because I'll be speaking at IBS. <laughs> oh, cool. Congratulations, brother. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. But anyway, well, we again, we highly encourage everyone, reach out to Dean. He's a great guy. Get to know him. Just a wealth of knowledge in this particular area and and so on and you know he's uh, also you know knows a lot about this area that could help you and steer you in the direction that could help you the best so reach out to dean on linkedin and also at his email and also wherever else you find him in the meetings planning industry with that being said dean thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today brother it's been a true pleasure i can't wait till we catch up later in the year again oh absolutely count on it count on it and listeners, we want to thank you each and every week joining us here at Sustainable Success. Again, this show would not be where it is today after seven years without you. And we are going to continue to be running the show each and every week, bringing subject matter experts like Dean in to share their words of wisdom, insights, and most importantly, their experience from a level of transparency to help move your personal success and business success to the next level. Till then, everybody, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Thursday here at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for tuning into Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an incredible week.